On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, I've got first impressions of the Jada wireless charging pad for the Model 3. Model S and X get a price and features adjustment. The white interior is no longer exclusive to the Performance Model 3. Tesla is working on addressing their bottlenecks in the service department and much more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to episode 156 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for July 29th, 2018. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my left, lying on the floor this evening, is the one, the only Daisy the Boxer puppy. Very much awake, chewing on a bull stick tonight, having a good time with it. And uh, why not? Because good times are here. It is. Uh, I'm in a very good mood this weekend. I'll tell you why. In just a moment, you may have guessed already, but <laughs> the uh, the first thing I wanted to mention at the top here is just as I wished Daisy the Boxer Puppy a happy first birthday last week, today I want to wish a happy first birthday to the Model 3, which launched one year ago as of uh, the recording of this show, July 28th. Uh, I'm recording on the night of the 27th at the, the very end of the night here, but July 28th, 2017, the official launch of the Model 3. So happy birthday, Model 3. Uh, you know, a number of folks got their cars in that first year of production. A whole heck of a lot more Model 3s are going to find their way into the happy garages and driveways of folks listening to this podcast and plenty more people over the course of of the next year. So that is fantastic. I wanted to real quick give you some first impressions of the Jada wireless charging pad for the Model 3. This is a custom designed piece of hardware that fits right in in the center console. And the idea of it, it, it is a Qi wireless charging option. So any phone that, that is compatible with Qi wireless charging. I have an iPhone 10. So that is compatible. Uh, I was able to take it over to Michael from Milbray's house. He was kind enough to have me over. We got to check this out in his car. I have to tell you, the installation was super easy. Really could not have been easier. The packaging, very Apple-like packaging and just clean, simple, minimalist. I like that. It popped right in. Uh, you just pop the, uh, the old plugs, just unplug them plug the, the wireless charging pad into the, the dual USB ports there. One and eight, there's two ports uh, that go into the mat. You know, the cords both go into the mat. So easy peasy there. And it works just fine so far. I mean, I only got to take a look at it for 30 minutes at his house. We, uh, we had it, we were just sitting in his car talking. In fact, I was sitting in his car trying to seeing what the podcast looked like in a Model 3. And, you know, I told you, I think, last week or the week before about my my uh, little bit of frustration with TuneIn, trying to get the podcast really to be easily discoverable with the right album art and the whole thing. I think it might, if it's not totally there now, I know at least the the name got corrected to Ride the Lightning, Tesla Unofficial Podcast. So that's good. And I'm hoping the album art finally shows up, but I haven't been able to check that. But I have to say 
one other note on the Jada wireless pad. I, so I just for total transparency, I did buy it with my own money. They did not uh, send me a review unit for for this particular application. So these are my I bought it with my own money impressions. I will certainly tell you if uh, if somebody sends me a product for free to check out, but. It does. It works fine. Just in the you know twenty minutes or so that I was sitting with Michael in his Model Three, he has an iPhone Ten as well. So we kind of alternated between like my phone being on there, both of our phones being on there, and I think I picked up. I was already at eighty something percent charge, and those of you, I think, pretty much all smartphones, certainly the iPhones, the the just like an, an electric car, the charge tapers. The higher the higher state of charge you are, so I was already in the 80s. I picked up like four percent in 20 minutes or so, so I thought, oh, that's not bad. Uh, now they do sell Jada does sell a a quick charge kit, which is basically a little battery that you have to install. I think through the 12 volt uh, adapter that's in in the center console of the Model Three. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I remember when I went to order it. I saw the option. I read through it. I I decided not to take that because for me, I'm not looking to quick charge my cell phone in my car uh, when I get it. I just figure it's just a nice thing to have and and top up a little bit. So I didn't. And that was it. Was like another twenty dollars. The Jada wireless pad. It's it's a hundred bucks plus shipping, and I believe it was like another twenty bucks for the fast charging uh, battery kit. So I just took the standard pad, but. Yeah, working well so far. It looks stock, which is a big thing for me. I like it to look, I don't want it to look obviously aftermarket and cheap and tacky. It does look very nice, very clean. There is one criticism I have, which is it does not really uh, stay in place as well as I would like. The instructions say, press the four corners down to secure it. Uh, That doesn't work. (laughs) I will tell you right now. It's not that it's super loose, but it will jostle a little bit if you touch it. I really recommend if you do get a Jada wireless pad uh, to just get a couple of pieces of like the double stick tape or not scotch tape, but like the thicker, foamier kind of stuff. Maybe like two to four pieces, either four or one in the corners or two maybe on either side in the towards the middle ought to do it and just keep it there and planted but seems nice so far so positive first impression thus far now before i get on to the tesla news i wanted to update you you're probably wondering ryan your the title of the show this week is uh kind of weird what i think i know what you mean by that do you do you mean by that what i think you mean by that yes uh i do i have a delivery date and a vin number I have not received the car yet, but I am due to receive it in the next couple of days, uh, in the next few days, depending on when you're listening to this. So uh, it is happening this weekend, and I am obviously unbelievably <laughs> excited. This, so this episode is like Christmas Eve for me. Uh, next week's episode, which by the way is an earnings call episode, which is crazy because that's already usually like an hour and 20 minute plus show. You know, I like to, if you've been listening for any, any during, uh, duration of time, you know that I go through and I, I listen to the earnings call. I pull all the good clips from Elon and the Tesla executive team and go through and analyze the whole thing. So, um, next week's show will be, will be quite a show cause I am scheduled to receive my model three for in, in time for that episode. And there's the earnings call, but, um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about it. Like, you know how 
you get you're supposed to get a diamond for your 25th anniversary. Well, by pure coincidence, between this episode and next, which is when again when my delivery is scheduled to happen, I'm getting my model 3 on the 3rd anniversary of doing this podcast. So, I suppose that means if I keep doing the podcast, I'll get a Model Y for my 25th anniversary. I'll get a Model S for my 19th and a Model X for my 24th, which means if I just hang around long enough, there's all kinds of cool Teslas in my future. Uh, But in all seriousness, I am so excited. Obviously, this has been a heck of a journey so far. And it's, as I've said, it's only just starting. Once I get my car, that's the, that's the, beginning of of the next chapter and and the real beginning of the journey not that all of this has been for naught or anything like that this has all been you know this this part of it has been amazing but it's going to be so cool to actually have it and to to uh finally be able to speak from ownership experience on this podcast and that's i hope it's you know owning this car is going to make this podcast better and more informed and more informative I'm extremely excited that my cousin Patrick from Arizona, who you longtime listeners hear me mention him from time to time, uh, he's had his Model S since early 2013. He's uh, uh, one of the longest duration Model S owners. He, he's been there for since about the beginning. He is my he is the one person in my family, my entire extended family who, truly shares the passion. I guess, well, there is my cousin, Sean, who works in sales in one of the New Jersey stores now. We've, <laughs> Pat and I have have, uh, have brought him into the tent, but, but Patrick's been the guy. He's been the person for the last, you know, five, six plus years who's really been my co-pilot in the family, in my, in my family through this whole Tesla journey. So I'm just so flattered and so grateful that he is going to be here to share this moment with me. Uh, I, I can't wait for it. And I, I have to tell you, well, a little bit about Pat real quick. I mean, it's, I'll just give you his cred. I mean, I, <laughs> how far he goes back with me. I remember, like, I infected him with the Tesla virus, and we infected Sean. But, uh, and I say virus in the nicest possible way, but, you know, Pat is, uh, he is a very, very tall guy. He has a kind of a, a bad foot, bad leg um, due to some stuff over the years. And and I took him before the Model S even existed. Pat was visiting me from Arizona one summer as he, he would, he usually comes up every summer for a weekend and hangs out, which is great. And I took him to Menlo Park. The one, at the time, the one and only Tesla location, the one and only showroom, the one and only store when they were selling Roadsters. And he tried to sit in the Roadster and he didn't, he just didn't fit in it. He was just too tall, too big for the car. So he made a Model S deposit shortly thereafter. And as I said, he has been an extremely happy Model S owner for the past five plus years now. And in fact, he, he wants a Model X badly because it's easier for him to get in and out of uh, with his, his leg and his you know, bit, of a, um, bit of a difficult mobility situation. That, uh, but he, he wants an X, but he loves his original super dark metallic blue on his Model S that's, that's not offered anymore. He loves it so much. He's like, I'm never going to get rid of this car. I'm going to keep it. 
and just hopefully someday in the future he'll he'll get himself a Model X as well. But in any case, the the one other thing I was uh, having dinner with my wife tonight, and this meant a lot to me too. We were talking about you know the journey to this point and how excited I am for for the the delivery. And she said to me, and I quote, "Even I've come around." And that just, I tell you, maybe maybe some of you can relate to that. That meant the world to me to hear that. If you've been listening for a really long time, you know that my wife hasn't, it's not that she's opposed to electric vehicles, to Tesla, to anything. She is just a, she's not a car person in any way, shape, or form. She will admit that. She, for her, cars are, should be just the simplest, a seat and four wheels to get you where you need to go. Anything more than that, you know, she sees is not a great financial investment. And that's just, you know, that's how sort of her worldview and, uh, but, but when she said to me at dinner, even I've come around on, on this purchase and this, this journey, this adventure, man, that meant a lot. That felt really, really good. And she hasn't even, I told her like, I'm hoping, you know, when she's been in the car and she's, she gets used to being in the car that she'll like it even more. And she's, she said, well, I have no doubt I probably will. So, uh, boy, that was, that was great to hear. So we're uh we're almost there. I've been spending a lot of time this week and a lot of energy and a lot of thought, a lot of sort of uh, mental energy on just getting everything ready. I have to say maybe for you guys who are more um I guess I don't know if emotionally secure or what quite the right term is, but I've I've had a lot of anxiety about this this week. I mean, I'm crazy excited for the delivery. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just, you know, I just I'm so worried about, I've been worried about, you know, just getting the financing and, and getting the, all the paperwork right from Tesla and just getting every little thing right. So that when delivery day comes, there's no hang up where it's like, Oh, what? You don't have this. Oh, sorry. We can't give you your car. I'm just like, Oh, I don't, I want to have a nice day that day. And I think today, I think, I think I finally got everything pretty well sorted out. So I'm feeling the anxiety has largely subsided and I'm feeling really good about, about the delivery day coming up. So, um, I can't wait to tell you about that delivery, but I will say again, next week is the earnings call. That's always a huge show. That's probably the biggest show I do every quarter. So I might have to do quick impressions of the car of my, of my model three next week and then maybe follow up the following week with a lot more details and um, some audio clips maybe from the delivery and and other other things because you know next week it's just going to be such a huge show that uh, I, it, I might have to spread this out a little bit. Plus, I kind of want some time. It wouldn't be bad to have for me to have some time to really parse through everything and and pull some good clips and all that. But we'll see. I don't know. I mean. I don't want to leave you guys hanging. I know so many of you have been so kind, such supportive words, kind words. What I do plan to do is I'm going to share some pictures, maybe even a little video clip or two on my Instagram, uh, which is the same as my Twitter. It's DMC underscore Ryan. And the reason for that, I was, I've been thinking a lot about this actually, and just pardon me this quick aside before I move on with the news. And that is... When I bought my first ever new car forever ago, 12 plus years ago now, 
I was working at official Xbox magazine, print magazine. We And every month, there's a staff page where the editor-in-chief has their editor and uh, her editor letter, and then the rest of the staff gets a little tiny box with our picture, our headshot, and our and just a little a little blurb of text. Well, when I got my Infinity, it was the first new car I'd ever bought. I was super excited about it, and I put like I I wrote about it in in my little staff page that month in the magazine. And I have to say, I got a, I got some like really unexpected blowback from it, where people were just like, "Oh, you're just, just people that were put very put off by it," and it made me stop and think. And I was like, "Boy, I, I did not intend for that to seem like I was flaunting it, or did, I did not intend for that to seem braggadocious at all." So, being mindful of the fact that my Twitter following is largely I mean, there's plenty of you that are following me on Twitter, and I appreciate that sincerely, of course. But the bulk of my Twitter following is following me for video game stuff, not for Tesla stuff. And and so I think I'm I I just don't I think I'm not gonna put stuff on Twitter only because, you know, it's it's mostly the video game crowd, and I just I just would rather err on the side of caution and not seem as if I'm like flaunting this new model three in anybody's face, you know? So my Instagram is virtually unused. There's a thick layer of dust on it. There's like four pictures on there ever. I think there's like a Maggie picture, some baseball hats and maybe one or two other things, but I think I'll, I'll just put it on there. So I'm just telling you guys, just my, just my Tesla community. So you're the folks that would want to see it and, would hopefully not take it the wrong way by me putting some pictures up on the internet on Instagram rather than on Twitter. I'm not, believe me, this is not a ploy to get you to follow me on Instagram or anything else. That's that's not at all. I'm just, I figure that's a good place I can put them up publicly while sort of hiding them in plain sight <laughs> from people that either don't care or would would potentially be, you know, be take take it the wrong way. So, all right, that's that. So next week, earnings call, like I said, maybe some quick impressions. The other reason that it, it's, it might have to just be quick impressions of the car next week is because it's actually going straight to Immaculate Reflections for uh, paint correction, paint protection film, ceramic coating. We're going we're gonna to get that going, uh, which is awesome. You know, I'm going to have this car for a long, long, long time, so I've been trying to budget this as part of it. And uh, uh, Jeff at Immaculate Reflections has kindly been working with me. You know, he's been doing doing the the plug at the end of the show. So um, really looking forward to to uh, seeing putting his skills to the test. So yeah, I'm 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 enjoying the car for a day before it goes to Jeff at, at uh, Immaculate Reflections. So maybe just yeah, quick impressions of the car next week. Maybe a couple of clips. We'll see. But in any case. The next couple of weeks should be some seriously busy shows, as if this one's not already. I've already been uh, yakking for way, way too long before getting to any proper Tesla news. But at least we got the we got the Jada Wireless Pad impressions in there, so that's not that's not for nothing. All right, let's get to it. It is still a busy show. Uh, first up this week, the Model S and the Model X have been tweaked as far as their design studio, their configuration options. There are fewer options for the Model S and the Model X now, but more features. 
in turn a higher base price, but a lower price if you were ordering the premium upgrade package anyway. If you don't follow me, let me explain. Here's the deal. The Model S now starts at $77,000. That is for the barest of bare bones 75D. Except those bones aren't super bare anymore. It's a $2,500 price increase over what the car was, but you're getting the $5,000 premium upgrades package included with that. So this is pretty awesome all around, unless it's like it really only stinks for you if you didn't want the premium upgrades package. But as a reminder, that uh, premium package does have a lot of stuff. Stuff that, uh, again, is all now standard with the S and the X. So there's a Sub-Zero package in there that'll get you a heated steering wheel, heated wiper nozzles, in addition, of course, the heated seats. There is the premium audio system in there and the bioweapon defense mode. So all of that is now standard on Model S and Model X. What this also serves to do is, of course, reduce Tesla's manufacturing complexity. Uh, obviously, since now every S and every X will get the same audio system, the same steering wheel, etc. There will only be one of each of those. There are no variants for those items anymore. And what this also does is it separates the S and the X from the three a little bit more in terms of both the price and the luxury features. And and to me, you know, taking a step back, taking a look at this, I think this this does feel like a pretty good thing overall to me because <clears throat> pardon me. Even if someone wanted a bigger sedan, they're like I I'm going to buy an S rather than a 3. I want the bigger car. Um, you know, even if that they want the no frills version, you know, I, I have to think that this change probably isn't going to tempt them to take their money to the Model 3 instead because the Model 3 has none of that stuff that I just listed that's in that premium update package other than a premium audio system. So it seems like those, those buyers probably aren't going to be scared away from the Model S even with that $2,500 increase. And it seems like a mostly a pretty win-win situation overall for both Tesla and consumers. Next up this week, uh, just a quick item, but this one is relevant to many of you. I know I've got a lot of Model 3 reservation holders out there. The white interior, which initially was only available with the Performance Model 3, and Elon had promised it in about three or four months to other configurations, although he didn't specify what, if it was just going to move down the line or go to everything, meaning all-wheel drive and or, uh, well, not or, not or, but and potentially rear-wheel drive, first production models. Well, it's, it's, gonna, it's moving downstream right now. So the 3D is now... Uh, able to get the white interior in addition to the P3D. So to me, this means this, this is certainly sooner than expected, which means to me, I, I got to figure either the uptake on the white interior on the P3Ds was less than Tesla thought it was going to be, or white interior production is going better than Tesla expected it would go, 
or it could be both of those as well. Could be a combination. But in either case, if you were hoping for the white interior and you're ordering a 3D, ordering the the regular dual motor Model 3 non-performance, you now have a choice of interior options, which is fantastic. I've already had a few people tweet at me saying, "Oh, I'm I'm going to I'm changing to white." So Always glad to have more options. That is never a bad thing. Next up this week, a feature being added to Model 3 that should make a lot of you happy. The horn on the Model 3 now does a polite, gentle little honk to confirm that the car is locked when you walk away from it. This is an option. You don't have to do this, but you can enable it. So, this is uh, this text is taken straight from the release notes. This is in version 2018.26.1. Model 3 is now able to emit confirmation sounds when locked, unlocked, or if there is a mislock. For example, if a door is not fully closed. So a lot of people have been requesting something like this. A lot of my listeners, I've seen this on threads, on Reddit, on uh, TMC. But what I want to do here is take a moment to shout out young Matthew from Colorado who had called in and suggested having your phone vibrate to confirm lock or unlock. And I have to say, I still, I like Matthew's idea better than the horn. Not that the horn's bad, but the the phone vibration is a nice, subtle way to do it. But hey, for now, this is certainly going to do very nicely, and perhaps there's nothing stopping Tesla from still implementing Matthew's idea in a firmware update in the future. So, Matthew, I hope that'll that'll work for you and your mom and dad, and uh, it's it's uh, it's something. You'll at least have a, a good idea of when that car is locked or unlocked. Next this week, Elon Musk wants to get rid of contracts entirely when buying the car. When buying your your Tesla, Elon saying on Twitter, "quote We're trying to get rid of contracts completely. Should should just be tap here and you get your car. Then if you don't like it for any reason, just return it like any other product." And on a related note, he says, "quote We've gone from about a thousand S and X deliveries per week in the U.S. last year to about six thousand S three and X deliveries." It's like hitting a square wave. So he's, he's tweeting these things in response to some people that were, were having a, a bit of a tough time at delivery and a not-so-smooth delivery process. And I have to say, I'm, I'm in the middle of going through this right now. It is reasonably streamlined from uh, what I can see. I, as I've said, I've, I've had a pretty smooth delivery experience thus far. I'm <laughs> knocking on wood furiously. But, you know, hey, if Tesla can make it easier, great. The better the better that's going to be for all of us. And I have to think when he's saying, if you don't like it for any reason, just return it like any other product, that makes me think that Elon's probably pretty confident, probably not particularly worried about people returning the cars once they start driving them. And uh, if you've driven a Tesla, you know that he's you're, he's probably, you don't blame him for holding that thought because it's, once you drive these things, you get it. 
and that it tends to it tends to seep into your your veins and your bones. <laughs> you just it becomes a part of you. All right, I've got a couple more big stories this week. I wanted to go next to a piece from the Wall Street Journal. Maybe you heard about this this week. The Wall Street Journal reported a story this past week that I have to say I was originally going to skip because it seemed a bit underreported to me and maybe even verging on FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. This story's premise was that Tesla was asking its suppliers to return a, quote, meaningful amount of money of its payments since 2016, end quote, in an effort to achieve profitability here in Q3. In essence, they were saying that this was something of a renegotiation with suppliers. But here's the thing. The story didn't name any specific suppliers, didn't give a ton of context for this as to whether this is a regular practice in the auto industry or not, or even for Tesla. So I was going to ignore this or hang back and let it develop a bit more which it did over the course of the week as both Elon Musk and Tesla have commented on it. So I wanted to to bring this story to your attention now. So it turns out that Tesla has indeed done this. The Wall Street Journal was not fabricating this. Tesla has indeed done this with some, but not all, suppliers. Elon Musk saying, quote, only costs that actually apply to Q3 and beyond will be counted. It would not be correct to apply historical cost savings to the current quarter. Tesla's statement on this matter is as such, quote, negotiation is a standard part of the procurement process. And now that we're in a stronger position with Model 3 production ramping, it is a good time to improve our competitive advantage in this area. We're focused on reaching a more sustainable long-term cost basis, not just finding one-time reductions for this quarter, and that's good for Tesla, our shareholders, and our suppliers who will also benefit from our increasing production volume and future growth opportunities. We asked fewer than 10 suppliers for a reduction in total CapEx project spend for long-term projects that began in 2016 but are still not complete. And, our, uh, and any changes with these suppliers would improve our future cash flows, but not impact our ability to achieve profitability in Q3. The remainder of our discussions with suppliers are entirely focused on future parts price and design or process changes that will help us lower fundamental costs rather than prior period adjustments of CapEx projects. This is the right thing to do, end quote. In other words... The story wasn't baseless. The Wall Street Journal, hey, even though they have at times been critical of Tesla in the past, they remain nevertheless one of the most respected journalistic institutions in America. But I do still feel that this story may have been a bit underreported. Again, really lacking that context that I mentioned earlier. To their credit, however, I will say that the Wall Street Journal did reach out to Tesla for this story And this was the paragraph about that. Wall Street Journal writing, quote, Tesla declined to comment on the specific memo, which the memo about this that they had uh, acquired from a supplier. Uh, uh, Let's see here. Sorry, I lost my place. 
but it confirmed it is seeking price reductions from suppliers for projects, some of which date back to 2016 and some of which haven't been completed. The company called such requests a standard part of procurement negotiations to improve its competitive advantage, especially as it ramps up Model 3 production, end quote. So a bit more context really was what was needed most here. So we have that now, and this story is not super terrible. It's fine. It's, uh, you know, I guess it's not necessarily a crazy positive Tesla story, but it's also not really a negative one either. It's a pretty neutral story, I think. In short, I mean, it's it's not as bad as it sounds sounded or was was spun to sound uh, bad online. It is it is neither of those things. It's a it's a pretty middle of the road kind of story. For the final story this week, in fact, I'm gonna let Aurelio from Virginia set this one up for us on the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Aurelio, talk to me. Hi, Ryan. I love your podcast and look forward to it every week. Thank you for it. This is a bit of a negative Tesla story, but bear with me. I offer a possible solution at the end. I'm a CPO Model S owner, 2015 P85D. I picked it up early April this year. Nothing but kudos for the car and the purchase delivery experience at the Tyson Center in Virginia. I took the car on its first road trip three weeks into ownership, approximately 540 miles to Charleston, South Carolina, to visit my son and his family. No problems on the trip. Had a great time. My son got a kick driving it and launching it in in insane mode. After a fun weekend, was heading back home to Virginia on the interstate when something flew out of a truck in front of me. I could not avoid it, running over it, and it blew out my right front tire, 19-inch tire, dented the rim, and took out the air suspension with assorted body damage on that side. To make a long story short, it's three months later, and I'm still without my Model S. The Tesla Office of Body Shop Support has promised to have all the parts on three different dates, and none have panned out. Elon should really consider closing this office and saving more on his payroll, as I found it totally worthless. My car insurance provided a loaner car for 20 days, adequate for most cars, I imagine, but not for Tesla. I've had to make do borrowing my wife's car in the interim. I recommend... A recommendation for Tesla owners would be to make sure their insurance can provide long-term loaners. Might be worth the extra premium it would cost. Needless to say, I'm upset with Tesla not having its parts department up to snuff. A solution which would mitigate all my disappointment in the company would be if Tesla could provide loaner cars for accident victims, like they do for service cars. I don't know the statistics for the number of cars in accidents, and I don't even know if this would be possible. But it would be a solution. What do you think, Ryan? Aurelio, I am genuinely sorry to hear of this situation. This kind of story and my fear for this situation on a fleet-wide scale snowballing into something worse as Model 3 production uh, launches through its S-curve now, that is exactly what prompted me to submit a question about expanding service centers to Elon Musk at the shareholders meeting. A month or so back. If you'll recall, he took that question and he uh, mentioned the bit about opening Tesla-owned body shops, which you'll hear more about in a second. But clearly, a lot more work needs to be done. This problem is far from solved. Now, I don't want to get too pessimistic about this, but I sincerely hope that the parts and service situation is the highest of high priorities for Tesla right now. In my opinion, 
This should be priority number two behind only Model 3 production itself. I think the service, the parts and service situation right now, I think it outweighs supercharger expansion. Uh, I think it outweighs pretty much solar, the energy business. I think it, it outweighs everything. They have got to get this infrastructure settled or else it's going to snowball with insurance companies, as you heard uh, Aurelio talk about there. This is a big, big problem if it is not addressed forcefully and definitively and, and promptly. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it, if John McNeil were still at Tesla as the head of service, I have to say, Aurelio, you could have messaged him directly to try and escalate this and get some resolution to your specific situation. If you remember, if you've been listening for a while, John posted on Tesla Motors Club forums a while back offering the the option to people to say, hey, if you've if you're stuck in a in a you know long-term situation with you know, private message me. And that in fact, that he he made good on that. Our friend Michael from Milbray had a, a a problem with his hood. So his car was still totally drivable, but he had a hood thing. He he was waiting like a month or two for a new hood. And and Michael direct messaged, private messaged John McNeil on Tesla Motors Club forums. And his hood showed up. His car got taken care of very quickly after that. But as you'll recall, when John McNeil left, Elon Musk did not fill that position. He instead took it on himself. And I have to respectfully say that may be a mistake because it sure seems like the the service position, the head of service, that really seems like a position that needs full-time attention and maybe and then some on top of that, uh, which, you know, hey, for all of Elon Musk's talents, he cannot provide that full-time attention to this situation right now. So I hope Tesla is on it. I hope they hear this and and sort of, you know, just hear another anecdote of, of what, it's, what it's like for customers out there. I mean, if I put myself in Aurelio's shoes, that's a, that's a disaster scenario for me because, you know, uh, my wife has her car, which she's kindly shared with me for the last uh, month here while, while I've been, and, you know, got a little ways yet, a few more days uh, to wait for my Model 3. But, you know, it's it's for families with two work, two commuting parents, it's a different situation, you know, it's a tougher situation. And it's, you know, it's it's not great that, that uh, you can't have just damaged cars sitting out there waiting for repairs. So... Here's hoping Tesla is on the case. Uh, in fact, they are to an extent. So Electrek, that was that was what I meant to segue into. I'm getting ahead of myself here, looking to jump to the Ride the Lightning hotline. But Electrek reporting that Tesla has taken a significant step to address those service bottlenecks as the fleet growing rapidly now to 7,000 new cars per week coming out of Fremont. Tesla issuing a statement to Electrek saying, quote, our global customer satisfaction scores for service are above 90% and at a high of 97% for our mobile service program, which lets us service vehicles in customers' driveways or at their offices. Even in North America, where our customer base has grown by 75% over the last year, customer satisfaction for service has remained consistently above 90%. Tesla has also topped Consumer Reports' customer satisfaction survey two years in a row, with 90% of Tesla owners saying they would buy the same car again, 
more than any other brand. While we're incredibly proud of the customer support and service we offer, we're always working to improve. Here are some of the programs underway to make sure all Tesla customers have an even more exceptional experience. Last quarter, we opened a new parts distribution center in California, which has tripled our fulfillment capacity for parts in North America and is helping to expedite the supply of parts to third-party body shops. We're in the process of opening a similar fulfillment center in Europe, which we expect to have the same impact. And as a quick aside for me here, it, it would seem certainly to make sense to open it in California because a relatively huge percentage of the Tesla f uh, fleet is located here in California. Uh, Tesla continuing saying, for the first time, we're trialing a small network of our own body repair shops in select markets to accommodate light repairs with the opportunity to expand the program based on customer feedback and results. I will note that we have indeed heard about this. This is what Elon was uh, saying in response to my question at the shareholders meeting. So I'm glad to hear it is being implemented. More from Tesla. Given the overwhelming success of our mobile service program, we are expanding the program from 25% coverage globally to 40% coverage globally by the end of the year. Furthermore, while our call volumes have increased dramatically due to overwhelming excitement around Model 3, this hasn't impacted our ability to respond to emergency roadside events. We have plans in place to hire additional staff to support customers in the event that they are unable to find their answers on tesla.com support or in their Tesla account as Daisy the Boxer Puppy drinks up behind me if you're hearing that on mic. Well, this is desperately needed based on what I have been hearing from folks. You've got a lot of frustrated people out there that just can't even get through to anyone to help them because Tesla is so backed up. So uh, good to see their their coverage map, their coverage increasing on that. And hopefully it is going to alleviate the problems that people are encountering. Finally, in Tesla's note here, they say, we are aggressively hiring and expanding in markets where our customer uh, satisfaction scores for service are below average. In Norway, for instance, we have already grown our service team by 30% compared to last year, and we're in the process of opening a large new service center in Oslo this year. Recent feedback from customers in Norway indicates that the improvements have already made a difference. Well, I have to say, given Norway's incredible adoption of electric vehicles as a country, Tesla needs to lock that territory down from a service perspective. Glad to, it's, which means it, I'm glad to hear that they are specifically calling Norway out as a focus market there. But uh, yeah, tough stuff from Aurelio. And I know there are other people out there. Sounds like Tesla is, is making some efforts. And hopefully the, the situation, you know, it's not going to be an overnight fix in the, in the literal or, or uh, metaphorical sense. But hopefully things are going to get a lot better over the the next, let's say, I mean, what is this, the end of July? Hopefully over the rest of 2018, we can then head into 2019 with uh, the service body repair situation being in a, a much, much healthier, more convenient place for Tesla customers. All right, that wraps it up for yet another busy news block here on Ride the Lightning. But as usual, I've got a ton of excellent Ride the Lightning hotline phone calls queued up for you. If you want to stick around for those, we'll talk 
all kinds of different topics right after this. You know where we are. It is Ride the Lightning Hotline time, your time to bring up your questions, your comments, your discussion topics as they relate to the world of Tesla. You can reach me one of two ways. I encourage you to participate in this because it makes the show better. You can call in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice memo, voice recorder, record a question. Please try to keep it to a minute, minute and a half tops or so. Send that via email to teslapodcast at gmail.com. I was about to say the other, my Xbox podcast address at IGN. Teslapodcast at gmail.com. The other way to do it is to call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline, which you can do anytime, day or night. It's a toll-free number, and that number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake, Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with the aforementioned friend Michael from Milbray addressing the disappointment of folks who uh, have seen the design studio open up to everyone with pretty low wait times. Michael, what have you got to say? Hey, Ryan, it's Michael from Milbray. I wanted to address some of the possible consternation that uh, your listeners might be feeling who... uh, have reservations for the Model 3, but uh, are maybe disappointed that Tesla has opened up orders for non-reservation holders. Uh, I was in the same boat when the Model X was opened up in um, 2016, and uh, I I had been waiting for the 75D, um, which wasn't yet available, and I was wondering, like, well, why did I even make a reservation if it's just going to be open up for everyone else? Um, But... uh, you know, once I did get it, I, I was actually, um, even though my, my order was several months after they were first made available, um, I ended up being in the very first week of deliveries for the 75D Model X and was uh, the first person on the Tesla Motors Club forum to post photos and say that I got it. So, you know, even though it may feel disappointing that other people have been opened up to uh, place orders, uh, your configuration is still going to be in the order of of making the reservations. So hope that helps. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Michael. It's good to have your experience from the Model X with this particular topic. I suspect that this is really, really going to come into play when the standard battery on Model 3 finally becomes available at either the end of this year or the beginning of next. That's when having your reservation from the past couple of years should really benefit you versus ordering in, say, December 2018. Next up, we've got Brad from Falls Church, Virginia. Got his Model 3 and wants to talk a little bit about it. So, Brad, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Brad from Falls Church, Virginia. Um, We got our Model 3 29 days ago, and I want to thank you for getting me mentally prepared for that car. I listened to most of the back episodes before I started listening on a weekly basis late last year. 
um, I'm listening to your podcast right now, and I'm driving our old 1999 Mazda to sell it and um, for a few hundred bucks to a college student probably. And I've been following my wife who's driving our beautiful blue Model 3, and it is a gorgeous car to follow and just see on the road. It is even better on the inside. Uh, there's a few things I want to share um, from my experience so far. One is uh, we drove to Florida a week after getting the car, and we didn't have any problems. We supercharged all the way down and all the way back. But at one point – we stopped at a supercharger, and all four bays were broken. And I know it's very rare, and I've talked to Tesla about it. It's pretty rare. But um, I basically came up with a new rule, which was don't wait until the last supercharger to charge up if you're on a road trip. Charge at the penultimate one. That way, if it happens to be broken, you have enough juice to get to the next charger. The other thing I found was while we were at the beach for two weeks, I was pretty easily um, able to charge there. There were a number of public charging spots that uh, were like at the library and the and the city hall, they had just had a spot. So I basically would drive the car up, plug it in, leave it in overnight, take the bus back home uh, and get somebody to drop me off and take the bus back up the next morning and pick up the car. I found it on PlugShare. I know there's a lot of apps and websites that show uh, where different chargers are. And I found PlugShare actually to be the most comprehensive so far. The third thing was about autopilot, enhanced autopilot. I use it every day and love it. And it's I think people that haven't used it on a daily basis for a few weeks don't understand how revolutionary it is. It, yes, it's just auto steer and adaptive, adaptive cruise control, but it, I'm calmer as a driver now. I'm not at war with the other cars. I, um, I'm not constantly, if we're in stop and go traffic, I'm not constantly wondering if I'm in the right lane or not. It's just, it, it's so, it's, it's, it's like Zen. It's great. Um, it's also nice on when, when there's no traffic too. So keep up the good work. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for your impressions, Brad. Now, of everything you said, I want to call out your autopilot comment. I have heard this same thing from a lot of people. I've only had the chance personally to try out autopilot here and there thus far, but even in that brief experience, I see what you mean. The idea of having less stress while you're driving, thanks to autopilot, is something that I greatly greatly look forward to. I mean, that the idea of that and and having read enough accounts such as and heard enough accounts such as yours, that alone made made the price of of enhanced autopilot worth it for me. The idea that it will even continue to add more features is like icing on the cake. But um I you know, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but based on your call, it sounds like uh that you kind of agree that, that $5,000 for enhanced autopilot was worth it just for that reduced stress level, or as you call it, that zen. Either way, uh, happy electric motoring to you, Brad. Thanks so much for calling in. We're going to go now to Brian. Wanted to comment on the tire grip situation with the Performance Model 3 that, that, uh, uh, that Dan, the reviewer from Dan Neal, um, boy, am I more <laughs> than blanking on his name now? Definitely Neil is his last name that Mr. Neil from the wall street journal had in his, uh, model three impressions that Elon tweeted about that. I replied to you hold heard the whole thing last week. Anyway, Brian, take it away. Hey Ryan, my name is Brian. I was calling, uh, regarding the performance editions. He just commented on your podcast. I'm listening to the latest episode about the tires and the, and the slippage of the rear tires and Elon responding to a tweet about that and that a wider tire that you're suggesting would be 
better, but they didn't do that because of performance or uh, efficiency issues. And my question is really, if I'm buying a performance model, which unfortunately I'm not, would I really care that much about efficiency at that point? I'm looking for performance. So I would think I would get the proper tires so I could get max performance. Looking forward to your uh, comments and thoughts on that. Thanks. Brian, I can't argue against a single thing you said. You're right. If it's a performance car, why not push all your chips into the middle of that table and put wider, staggered tires on it? Here's my opinion. And as always, I have to remind people that it is just that. I don't have any insider information on this. But my opinion is that there could be three reasons, or at least there were three that I thought of. First, by keeping a square setup, meaning the same four tires, same sizes all around, it's probably cheaper on wheel manufacturing to make one 20-inch wheel size instead of two. And of course, we know that Tesla is looking to optimize manufacturing efficiency and thus costs at every turn. Second, I wonder if they want to keep the 0-60 to 60 time away from either of the P100Ds. The Model X is at, uh, if I recall correctly, 2.9 seconds the P100D Model X to 60 miles an hour. Three and a half seconds on the P3D, hey, that's arm's length. If you get into the low threes, that starts to get pretty close for a car that costs, at least with certainly with the X, costs half as much as a ludicrous enabled Model X. Now, maybe I'm reaching there, I don't know. After all, Elon did say a couple months back when he first announced the performance version that they might be able to get a bit more power out of the motors, so we might still see a firmware update at some point in the future that shaves a tenth of a second or two off of that P3D 0-60 to time. Now, third, and the one I think is the most likely scenario, is that uh, they may have simply felt that the range penalty that Elon uh, suggested, sort of hinted at vaguely, was too great, just too much. I mean, if you, you got to figure, you know, we don't have any data yet on the P3D, but the 20-inch wheels alone are, are almost certainly going to ding the range by a not insignificant amount. Dinging it again with wider staggered tires Maybe Tesla felt that that was just a bridge too far for them because I have to think, you know, if I, if I really kind of think about it, if the rated range on a performance Model 3 with staggered wide tires, if that range uh, estimate from the EPA, that range rating were low enough, let's say 275 miles versus the 310 that the other that the long range and the dual motor Model 3 are, you know, that that might have been enough to make the P3D look like a really crappy deal compared to the regular 3D. You know, you'd be, in that scenario, you'd be paying more and getting significantly less range at that point. So I don't know. I could be wrong. All that could be worthless, but those are the three thoughts I had on the matter. So, uh... There's that. <laughs> Let's move on. We've got Marcus Mayenschein from Germany, our friend calling in. In response to that 
German rebate situation uh, situation that I mentioned last week. So let's get a frontline report here from a customer, a Tesla owner actually in Germany. Marcus, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. Here's Markus Meinschein calling from Germany. Yeah, thank you very much for thinking of us here in Germany about this 2000 euro uh, cash back to the government thing. Uh, yeah, Tesla took care of this, as you have already mentioned that. Um, as usual, Tesla is caring about their customers also here in Germany. So no problems for us. Um, also for myself, of course, because I'm owning my Tesla Model S since two years for now. And by the way, I have made a reservation for the Roadster. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this, of course. But I would like to mention here and report to you and to the, uh, to the community a crazy thing which the company Next Move, which is a German electric car rental company. So they only have rental cars, I think 160 here in Germany. And they made a, a movie also on their channel, so you can check it out. It's also in English. And they said... Um, Tesla Model 3 on a racetrack in autopilot modus. So it was unmanned and it drove with one charge 1,001 kilometer. This is 622 miles. This is the new world record and crazy. Yeah, and you see it on the video <laughs> unmanned and total automatically. Crazy thing. Um, yeah, that's, uh, you can also check that on my channel on Tesla Marcus. I have also made a little report on that, but uh, of course in German. Uh, I enjoy very much your show, as uh, all my German uh, colleagues, of course, too. And I want to greet you and uh, all the community. Keep on doing the great work. And yeah, until the next time, bye-bye. It is wonderful to hear from you, Marcus. From the sound of your voice, it sounds like the situation with the rebate that I mentioned last week is not causing a lot of aggravation, which makes me happy to hear. It sounds like Tesla must indeed be taking care of it for their customers, which is, man, that's just, it's wonderful to hear that. Also, uh, thank you for mentioning that world record, by the way. I confess that I missed this story last week. But as you heard Marcus say, someone rigged up a Model 3 rear-wheel drive to drive unmanned on a track, and it went 1,000 kilometers, 621 miles. By the way, if that number sounds familiar, it's because it is exactly the next-gen Roadster's targeted range as of now. Anyway, that it's that is a phenomenal accomplishment, not only for the range, by the way, but setting that record with nobody in the driver's seat, that is awesome, impressive stuff. And also a fun story that we can all celebrate. So, Marcus, thank you so much for sharing that. Next up, we've got Ryan in Denver calling in from his new Model 3. Wanted to talk about Colorado's generous EV tax credit. Ryan, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. It's Ryan from Denver. So I got to apologize to you for the call quality that I'm putting out right now. Um, because I couldn't resist the urge to call you for my brand new Model 3. I'm driving home from work, and it's raining outside, and so you're probably getting some of those noises through the call. Anyway, uh, this car is amazing. It's even better than I thought it would be, but that's not really the reason why I called. Um, I'm actually calling with a bit of information for your Colorado listeners about the Colorado tax credit as it pertains to Tesla. So um, Colorado has a really generous EV tax credit. It's $5,000, and they even let you assign the credit to the seller of the car, which then lets the seller offer you a $5,000 discount off the price of the car. And so I just kind of assumed that Tesla would do this, um, but actually it turns out that they do not. Uh, Tesla is not willing to wait until tax day to get all of their money, and so 
<laughs> you're going to have to wait um, instead. And so since we didn't know this and, and since Tesla does not give you a final price on the car until like right before you buy it, um, they, we actually had to like scramble to find 5,000 extra dollars right <laughs> the, the night before delivery. Um, anyway, um, I hope this information helps people uh, in Colorado with that might be my same situation of assuming they're going to get $5,000 off when really they aren't. And there is a little bit of uh, good news, a little bit of hope um, in that the law also allows you to assign the tax credit to a financing company. And so if you can find a bank or a financing company that's willing to do that for you, maybe you can still get the $5,000 off. Anyway, that's all I got. Thanks, Ryan, for all you do. Thank you for this information, Ryan. And hey, congratulations. Uh, I feel that that super generous Colorado EV rebate kind of slips under the radar on a national level. I know I'm guilty of it. I hadn't thought about it uh, much at all. And it, and it really hadn't come up, at least in my circle, in a long time uh, up until your phone call. I know I've got plenty of Colorado-based listeners out there, so this is absolutely good information for them as they take deliveries on their Model 3s and S's and X's over the next few months. So thank you very much again for educating me as well as your fellow listeners. Hope you drive that Model 3 in good health. Let's go to David in Salt Lake City has an air suspension question with Model 3. David, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Uh, David from Salt Lake City. I was wondering if you had any thoughts about adding air suspension to your Model 3 in the future, if you think that's going to be possible, if you've heard anything about that, and if not, just what are your thoughts, what's your opinion, if you think they'll offer it in the future. Uh, thank you. Bye. David, I really want the answer to this to be yes, because if you've been listening for a while, you know that it was very high on my Model 3 wish list due to my weird driveway situation. I've resorted to modifying the driveway instead of waiting for air suspension. But if that did become possible, boy, would I jump at it if the cost wasn't too extravagant. Uh, however, that said, there is no real precedent for this in the world of Tesla. Back when the Model S's had both coil and air suspension options, you could not upgrade a coil suspension to air later on. And, and I just don't know, personally, I don't know the guts of the three well enough to know whether or not that kind of surgery on the car would be massively complicated, i.e. more trouble than it's worth for Tesla to uh, to go ahead and retrofit something after the car's been built. If I were a betting man, I would uh, put the odds at probably 80 to 20 that it's not going to happen, but I sure hope I am very wrong about that. I would, <laughs> I would love to be wrong about that, but I would assume no for now. I mean, that's just the, that is the safest way to play it. You definitely don't buy the car thinking it's going to happen. It'll be a pleasant surprise if it does. Next up, Mike from Boston responding to Kendon from Texas, who last week had asked specifically about uh, cleaning some interior bits and how the interior of the Model 3 is to clean. So here's Mike from Boston to respond to that. Hey, Ryan. It's Mike from Boston. How are you? Uh, I hope your performance Model 3 comes quickly. Hopefully, 
by the time you get this message. Anyway, I'm calling in response to the caller from last week about the ease of cleaning of the Model 3. Uh, I have now had my Model 3 for just about two months. Um, and to go through the finer points, the carpets, because they're black, do show lots of things. I, I clean my car a lot. Um, but they're very easy to, to vacuum, so it's not a big deal. The one piece that is a little problematic is there's a cloth sort of cover in the very front of the dash towards the hood, and you can't really vacuum it because it's very um, stretchy, and I, I'm kind of afraid I'll suck it up in the vacuum, so um, that tends to pick up a little dust. The rest of the car is super simple, the, the dash and the interior is uh, very easy and wipes down very uh, easily. In terms of the center console, um, so far I have not scratched it. Um, it does pick up fingerprints, but that's why they give you the cloth to clean it with. Um, in terms of the outside of the car, it's a dream to clean because it's mostly glass. Uh, so if you get a good glass cleaner, like invisible glass or something like that, it's, uh, it's super simple. Um, I did get ceramic uh, done on my car, uh, the Ceramic Pro stuff. I'm very happy with it. The car looks amazing. Uh, the multi-coat red, and I got to tell you, it, it is a beautiful, beautiful car. I get lots of comments on it. Um, yeah, I even had it done on the Aero Cats, and people seem to love those. I've grown to like them as well. Uh, but anyway, it's an easy car to clean, having had lots of Audis with lots of knots and things sticking up. Um, so, there's your answer. Keep doing what you're doing. You're fantastic. Uh, I can't wait to hear about your performance Model 3. I am super happy with my, uh, I guess they're calling it a long-range Model 3 now. Anyway, take care. Uh, my love to the boxer. Thank you very much, Mike and Kendon. I hope that helps put your mind at ease a bit. Got two more calls for you this week. First up in that final two is Cabe from Colorado Springs, who has some good news that uh, could be relevant to a number of the rest of you as well. So, Cabe, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Cabe from Colorado Springs, and I just wanted to uh, call and let you know that I received news today by email and then a follow-up phone call from my delivery specialist uh, that I can take delivery of my uh, dual-motor uh, non-performance um, vehicle, uh, Model 3, on August 6th. I was a first-day line waiter, and however, my delivery estimate on the, on the website said September to October. Um, and pleasantly surprised that I'll be able to take delivery August 6th. So I don't know if you've received that news for your performance or not, but I just wanted those people to know that uh, even if you do not have performance, um, it looks like those are being made, and I will have assigned a VIN number now. So uh, thanks for all that you do. Enjoy listening to your show. Take care. Thanks for calling, Cabe. I have seen a few other reports on Reddit and the forums. Now, Tesla said performance was getting priority, but clearly that does not mean that the regular dual motor isn't being produced at all. So congratulations. Hopefully that means that more 3Ds 
will be coming off the assembly line uh, sooner than expected, sooner than that September onward delivery estimate window that, that pretty much I think all of the 3D orders have. So good stuff. Thank you, Cabe. Finally this week, we've got a longtime listener, first-time caller, Paul from Waldorf, has a funny story to share. I thought this would be a, a fun little note to end on. So, Paul, go ahead. Hi, this is Paul from Waldorf, a longtime listener, first-time caller. Um, just wanted to let you know that I got an offer to build my car after I got a refund of my $1,000 uh, several months ago. Want to know if that's a genuine offer or if it's a mistake. So I um, thought you might want to check that out. Um, take care, and I uh, really enjoy the show. Thanks. Bye. Oh, man. Paul, if you will pardon me, I, I cannot help but chuckle at that. That is a funny story. It's like, no, Paul, really, come build your car. See? I mean, I, I, in all seriousness, I suspect it's a glitch of some kind. I haven't heard of this happening to anybody else. Uh, you might be the, you're the only one I know of, but clearly you don't want to move forward, hence why you got a refund of your reservation deposit. But I, I wonder what would happen if you did configure. Would you somehow end up with a $1,000 discount? Or would you end up just putting $2,500 towards your final purchase, that, that final confirmation non-refundable deposit, uh, instead of the 3500 that everybody else does from the $1,000 reservation and then the $2,500 non-refundable. And, and I wonder if it would just end up making up the difference in the back end. But regardless, that is a fun little story to end on this week. Thanks so much for sharing it, Paul. Thanks to all of you for calling in. Again, I encourage you to do so. It's an awesome part of the show, super fun for me to get some other voices on here, hear from you guys, what you're thinking, what you're talking about, what you're wondering. That uh, way to find me and participate in the Ride the Lightning Hotline, it's, again, two easy ways. Either record a question on your smartphone and email the file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com or call me toll-free. Leave a message on the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It's one 989 8752 I'll be right back to wrap things up for you here in just a second. Before I go and prepare for my delivery coming up between this show and the next, I want to mention... Word on the street, no, can't say this for sure, we'll know by next week's show, but word on the street is that the referral program is finally ending for good. If that's the case, it means that for now, there would seem to be no other foreseeable way to get free unlimited lifetime supercharging on an S or X except uh, to buy one with a referral code in the next uh, couple of days. If you have been thinking about an S or an X and you want, you are going to buy one here before July flips to August, get yourself the free unlimited lifetime supercharging by using my cousin Patrick's referral code. It is Patrick5008. Give that to your sales advisor or if you're configuring online, type in this short URL into your web browser. It's ts.la slash Patrick5008. That'll take you to the design studio with the code for that lifetime supercharging baked in, and you can configure your S or X from there. Uh, Immaculate Reflections, they are going to be working on my car 
Uh, I cannot wait to get that paint protected. If you want to do something with, with it, uh, whether it's the paint correction, the paint protection film, the Seaquartz Finest Reserve ceramic coating, which as we learned from the interview with Jeff McGovern from Immaculate Reflections back, uh, gosh, a month and a half ago already, that ceramic coating is basically like a super wax where you only have to wax it. You know, it's like, it's good for like three years. The water just beads off the car. So there's a lot of different options you can go to help your, help keep your paint uh, looking as good as possible on your Tesla. So if you're interested in learning more, go to irdetailing.com. You can also look up uh, on Yelp and Instagram. So if you're on those websites, it's you know yelp.com slash or Instagram slash immaculate underscore reflections. Then there's Abstract Ocean, which of course has all kinds of Tesla goodies for you and your car. Lighting kits, those puddle lights, you got the, uh, what else? There's the screen protectors for Model 3. You've got, oh, just all kinds. Take a look over there when you get a chance. It's abstractocean.com. And if you want to get 20% off of your first order, you can do that by using the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout. It's RTLPODCAST as all one word there. What else? Uh, you can email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet me at DMC underscore Ryan. And again, I'll mention I uh, said it at the top of the show, but I think for the aforementioned reasons, I'm going to put a few of my delivery pictures, maybe even a video snippet or two on my pretty unused Instagram, which is the same as my Twitter, DMC underscore Ryan, so you can check that out if you're interested there. And then we have Patreon. Uh, as you're going to find out, well, it, it's the case every week, but as, as it's really obvious <laughs> in the quarterly earnings calls, a lot of time and energy goes into the podcast. If you are, uh, if you see fit to support it via Patreon uh, at any any amount you you decide uh, works for you, you can. You can do that on Patreon. Just find out more on my Patreon page, which is at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And right now I would like to thank the group of people who are in the Patreon producer tier. These uh, folks very kindly support me. We've got Paul Hussey. We've got DJ Harbaugh. We've got Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Orion Coates, Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, Michael Callahan, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., David Kittle, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Luke Miles, Stefan Joris, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Ketafuki, Brian Hope, and uh, a special hello to my newest Patreon producers, Rick Sinta. Rick, I think I've got that correct. Please let me know if I don't, and I'll correct it next week. And Bill Royko. Thank you all so, so much for supporting the podcast. Uh, it really does mean the world to me. It makes a huge difference. So thank you all so much. 
As for subscribing, that's free. Again, the only deal there, what I mean by subscribe, is that the podcast delivers itself to you rather than you having to seek it out. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, there's also the individual shows also or the RSS feed on the hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. And I want to take a quick note on TuneIn. I hope that's been fixed now. Uh, through, I want to thank, say hi, uh, thank you, Todd at IGN. Thank you, Todd, uh, who I know does listen to this show. He uh, helped get me a contact at TuneIn to try and fix my my album art and show titling and discoverability problems in Teslas. So hopefully it's sorted by now. Uh, I'll be able to check for myself soon. But I, I do know for a fact that the name got corrected to Ride the Lightning Tesla Motors on official podcast. Still not sure about the album art situation, but that should be getting better. So now if you want to hear my show in your car, you can just search. You go to, go to the podcast tab and just search Tesla. It'll come up. Uh, or you should be able to search Ride the Lightning now as well. I haven't been able to check that since it was updated. But anyway, enough of that. Uh, thank you all so, so much. This next week is going to be uh, a crazy one for me in hopefully the very, very best of ways. I can't wait to share my impressions with you, my emotions with you. You know, it's it's still, I will tell you this real quick. It still doesn't feel real. I was talking to my wife about that at dinner, like, and she said the same thing. Like, she's like, I, I know it doesn't, it doesn't feel real to me either. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to hit me very hard, <laughs> very hard when I see it, when I actually see mine. Maybe it won't even be till I'm handed the key card. I'm not sure. But at some point on that delivery day, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to hit me like all at once. And I, I, I will apologize now, or, you know, I guess if you want to goof on me for crying, cause I, I actually, I think there's a very good chance that's going to happen because this has been, you know, a lot's gone into this for me as, as a, many or all of you know, and Hey, you know, you could say, Hey, a car shouldn't mean that much to, to a person. There are more important things in life. And those things are true. And that's not to say that I don't have more important things in my life, but this can, it can, this can also mean a lot to me in addition to other important things in my life. And, you know, this is, cars have always meant a lot to me ever since I was a little kid. I told you the, the origin story on episode one. If you're ever curious, you can go back and listen to some or all of it. I tell you my whole Tesla origin story, but, you know, a lot's gone into this and this has been a dream of mine and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I guess to use the football analogy, I've like the ball, it's, it's, it, the ball's on the one yard line and I just have to get it across the goal line now and, and, and we're, and we're all set. So, um, I, yeah, I can't wait to talk to you next week. I don't know what I'm going to say. You know, it's, I, I'll, I'll speak from the heart like I always do after it happens. Hopefully it's going to go well, uh, so far so good, but, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> I read about, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm, uh, all the way down the rabbit hole on everything Tesla. And I, you know, I read the forums, I read Reddit and read these horror stories of, of bad deliveries and all this kind of stuff and problems. And, you know, I know that's the exception rather than the rule. 
because people that have smooth, fun, awesome deliveries tend to not post that. But, you know, fingers crossed everything will go well, but I'll have uh, It's going to be busy next week. Earnings call, that is going to be the focus next week, but... I'll certainly have some other stuff. Hopefully, if <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it. Hopefully, everything's going to go well, and I'll and I'll have a, a delivery to tell you about as well. So, uh, thank you all so so much for listening. As always, for a still awake Daisy the Boxer puppy, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning episode 156. I'll see you back for a big show next week. Mm-hmm.